many are excited this morning that you have a covenant with God? Amen. Well, praise God. I'm, I'm honored and privileged that I get to come speak for you guys. Um, hopefully this message will, will stir you. We're going to go on a little adventure today. We've got some props. We've got some laughs. But then um, hopefully it all comes together at the end because the Lord has really been... Uh, he kept me up all night about this. He kept waking me up and showing me this tidbit and this tidbit and this tidbit. So I really think the Lord has something special for us today. Amen? Oh, see, but I'm going to need your help this morning a little bit. Amen? Amen. All right. So what my sermon is today is what side of the comma are you on? And some of you are like, what? What side of the comma so if we can pull up the first scripture, and, and if you have your Bibles, if not, we're going to have it up on the screen. It's John 10.10. 10. Amen. And it says, the thief does not come to accept to steal and to kill and destroy. But I have come, which is Jesus, that they may have life, comma, and that they have it more abundantly. What side of the comma are you on this morning? Do you just have life? Or do you have life more abundantly? Amen? Just to have life is just the basic requirements. That's what God gives us when we come to this world. We, we, you know, most of us are blessed, healthy enough that we, we grow and we mature and we become adults. I mean, just life. Amen? And we go through it. But how many of us live an abundant life? truly an abundant life well what does abundant mean it means how many of us have a life of great quantity more than adequate over sufficient how many of us say that we can live an overly sufficient life there's not that many hands that have been raised because we are abundant in the things we shouldn't be in we're abundant in debt some of us some of us are abundant in fear or depression or abundant in our addictions or abundant in relationships. There's all kinds of things that we're abundant in, but we're abundant in the wrong things. And God wants us to be abundant in life. And a life what? Through Jesus Christ. If we can turn to 1 Timothy 12 through 17, and, it's, and, and, and it kind of... It, it breaks it down. It says, I thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has given me strength. He considered me faithful and appointed me to his service. And I want to stop right there. He considered you this morning. Even though that you will, the, the abundance that you're in maybe isn't the abundance that blesses God. He still sought out and he chose you this morning. He searched the heavens and says, I want to develop into your life today, brother. I want to do something in you. I want to do something in you, sis. God sought out you this morning. Amen? That's something to be excited about. That God is searching after me. God is seeking after me. It says that he considered me. We'll go on to the next verse, 13, and it says... Well, I can read it from here, Amen? Even though I was a blasphemer and a, a, persecutor, a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. 
the grace of our Lord was poured out on me, what? Abundantly, uh-oh, we're connecting dots here, along with the faith and love that are in Jesus Christ. This is Paul talking. He was saying, man, I was the worst of the worst. I was a blasphemer. I was a violent man, but God still what? He poured abundantly upon me. Let me tell you something. God wants to pour abundantly on you today. Amen? Amen. God wants to pour abundantly on you today. Amen? And it says, he is, here's a trustworthy worthy saying. Saying that deserves full acceptance. Jesus Christ came into the world to what? To save sinners from whom I was the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy. So in that, in me, the worst of sinners, Jesus Christ might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life now to the king eternal immortal invisible and only god be honor and glory forever and ever amen nothing that you have done in your life discounts you from living abundantly and so many times in our mind we have already lost the battle because we can't accept what god wants to give us You know, it's so hard, especially when we're in recovery. When I was doing our men's group, it was so hard, even after a year of, of study. And these men just taking leaps and bounds, it was hard for them to accept all of these things that God had for them. Because in their mind, there's a block. So let's go back to John 10.10 10 if, we, if we can. Because we need to recognize the enemy sometimes, amen? We don't need to praise the enemy, but we need to recognize the enemy. And what does it say? It says, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. It's a three-part process. You notice that the enemy doesn't just come in and destroy you. Because that would be too easy. What does he do first? He steals from you. He steals from you. He, he makes that blockade in your life. And so many times we come into service... And the enemy wants to rob us and take us. And he gets in our mind. And we come into service just like today. And the spirit is moving and God is pouring out abundantly on his people. Amen. But the enemy wants to come in and steal. And how many of us feel like this sometimes during worship? Where God is just raining down his mercy. And we're sitting here like this. And everybody else around us is just getting, Lord, what? And you, you, you try to praise harder. You might get down on your knees. You can even run around in the spirit. But the enemy has shielded you. And no, I don't believe in luck. I believe in blessing. So don't worry about, the, don't worry about me opening up that umbrella during service. But so many times the enemy comes in. And he steals. He steals it from us. Because it's a three-part process. Because he'll steal, and he'll steal, and he'll steal. And to the point where you're weak enough, then he's going to start to kill, 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 until there's nothing left. And then you're just destroyed. 
See, it's a three-part process the way that the enemy sneaks in. See, we can have the appearance. We can, we can have everything. We can have all the, the, the scriptures and the Bible studies, and we can listen to the podcast, and we can read books. But if we don't allow God to move through us, if we don't recognize the enemy in our life, it's all for naught. It reminds me of the story back, it was uh, these soldiers, and it was the day before Pearl Harbor. And he, it was a trainee, this group of trainees. And all they had was, was trainee stuff, and they had guns, you know, but they, they were full of blanks because they were training. And they were all sitting, the, the night before Pearl Harbor, they were all sitting in a room. And they were all Christian guys, and they were having a Bible study. And to end the study, they were like, we want all the men to, to quote their favorite Bible verse to end up the, the night. And there was probably about eight or nine of them. And there was this one guy, and he panicked. He went to church his whole life, but he couldn't think of a Bible verse. He couldn't think of something. So he's like, oh, man, Lord, just, just give me something. So they're, they're going around the circle, and they're going around the circle, and this guy's saying this Bible scripture, and this guy, man, they're getting all pumped up. And he goes, you know what? John 3.16, man, that'll never fail me, you know, I just, I'll pull out John 3.16, how can you go wrong with that? So the guy right before him goes, my favorite Bible verse is John 3.16, of course it is, you know, so this guy's panicking, he stole my Bible verse, that's my Bible verse, so it finally comes to that guy, and he has to lay his head in shame and goes, I've been in church my whole life, and I can't quote one Bible verse, so he went away and he prayed to God, he goes, God, I don't understand what is going on. And he laid his head to sleep and he prayed that prayer and he went to bed and he was woken up in the morning by a siren. It was Pearl Harbor. The enemy was attacking. So he gets outside and he gets his gear and he gets his gun, his training gun, the only gun that he has. And he goes outside and there's planes everywhere and everything's blowing up and there's chaos everywhere. And so he just takes his gun and he just, although it's a training gun, he just starts shooting it in the air against these airplanes and the Lord spoke to him and he goes that's the same thing that's going on in your spiritual life that you're shooting blanks and how many of us we have the attire we look the part we've done the training we've got the fatigues we've got the gear we've got the guns but when the enemy comes into our life we're shooting blanks to look good in war. If I'm going to go to war, I'm going to go all out in war. I'm going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm going to have machine guns and grenades. Get to the chopper. You know, I'm doing all that kind of stuff. I'm taking out the enemy. And I can have the biggest guns in the world. And I can have bazookas and everything to take down the enemy. But if I'm shooting blanks, all I'm doing is making noise. All I'm doing is making noise. See, we got to have God move through us we got to live a more abundant life it's not just enough to have life in god but it's to have life more abundantly to allow god to work and move through us let me give you another illustration got to think of bubbles here and i just noticed this morning it says miracle bubbles isn't that cool how many know god does miracles amen And let's say our Christian life is this, a dipstick. Who, I've been called a dipstick before. 
praise God that the Lord uses dipsticks. Amen. Because we can all be in that place before. But that's what it is. It's a dipstick. Amen. So this is us. Amen. We're all dipsticks. Amen. We're all dipsticks. Amen. We're all on the same level. Praise God. So, so here we are. We, we, we get an encounter with Jesus. He comes into our life. And look, we're full of the Spirit. We're full of it, right? So was that it? No. It takes God, what? Moving through us. And sometimes, you got to get double dipped. <laughs> but look it, it. It took God... It took God to go through us. See, it's not enough. It's not enough just to be filled. It's not enough just to show up. It's not enough just to serve. It's not enough just to read. It's not enough just to pray. All those things are great and wonderful, and that's not a bad place to be in. That's not a bad place to be in. But God says, I want to take you to a better place. I want you to have life, but I want you to have it more abundantly. Well, it didn't work that time. But he wants to move through you. See, potential is great, and it's dangerous. See, it's great to have potential, but it's dangerous to live on potential. See, potential is the capability... Or becoming of something. The ability to succeed or perhaps not to succeed is potential. And some of us have lived our whole lives with potential. And potential as a youth is great. But if that youth just relies on his potential his whole life, that potential becomes a wasted life. That's a heavy word. Because, man, God could use me. I could do that. I could step out. I could go to the altar. I could pray for that person. See, all those are potentials. But God says, I want to move you past potentials. I want you to step out. I want you to go pray for that person. I want you to serve. I want you to step out of your comfort zone. Potential can kill you. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things, what? Not my own ability, not, not just being filled with the Spirit, but through Christ. There has to be a, a movement of God coming through you. Do, do you guys see where I'm coming, coming from here this morning? That it's not enough just to be filled. It's, it, it, it's not enough. You can have a good life. It says that you can have life. You can have life that way. But not an abundant life. To have the abundant life that God wants from you, he has to work through you. Amen? Let me break it down another way. Let's turn to Ezekiel chapter 37. If we can. Let me get there real quick. Praise God. Ezekiel chapter 37, I want to show something here, and it says, In the land, the hand of the Lord, and this is Ezekiel talking. He was a prophet of God, and God was just kind of 
showing him all this stuff that was to come. So this was kind of a vision that God, that God showed Ezekiel. It says, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me in the spirit of the Lord. And he set me down in the midst of a valley, and it was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by all around, and behold, there were, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, there were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live again? Let me break down just that part right there. Sometimes God's going to take you into the valley. Everything that's in your life that's going on isn't always the devil. The devil's coming against me. These people are coming against me. Nobody at work likes me. My husband has the enemy against me. My wife doesn't listen. All these things. Sometimes God wants to, it's not always the enemy knocking on your front door. Let me tell you, the devil has bigger fish to fry than to mess with us. And sometimes it's God that wants to take you and put you in the valley to show you something. Amen? How many of us have had trips to the valley? But this isn't any ordinary valley. This was a war zone. This was a place of combat. And that's exactly what the enemy does sometimes. And it's such a, it's a tr- uh, strategy of war that if you could get your enemy into the valley, then you can surround them, and then they're toast because then they're fighting uphill the whole time. And that's what this was. And sometimes God wants to take us back to a place where we lost a couple of wars, where we've been defeated, where we think... I'm never, ever going to recoup that again. That that's time lost. How many of us in our lives have been surrounded by the enemy and just completely destroyed in an area of our life? We've all been there, and God is saying, sometimes I, wanna, I, I want you to revisit that place because I want to do something in this place. And it says the bones were very dry. That means years have been by, and years and years and years have passed by. Sometimes God wants to take us back to a place further back in time. And then what does he say? And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And he answered, oh Lord, you know. He's kind of like, that's up to you, God. You know, it's kind of a funny question. Can these bones live again? But isn't that an awesome statement when God can go into your life and to a dead spot where the enemy has ravished you and taken you out and goes, you know what? You can overcome this. That Randall, he looked into your life. Come here, brother. Come here. How long have you been saved now? Uh, 19 months today. 19 months today. <laughs> 19 months today. I didn't even know that, brother. That's the, that's the Lord right now. Because 19 months ago, God looked in Randall's life and goes... Can these bones live again? Can these bones live again? And God is saying that in your life. There's situations in your life that God is saying, can these bones live again? See, he made Ezekiel walk around. Walk around the bones. He didn't just get a glimpse and go, oh man, there's a bunch of dead people. Oh, he went, it said the Lord made him go and walk around. See, we need to survey 
the land that we're in sometimes. We need to survey where God takes us sometimes. God, why are you taking me here? Why am I in this place? And he took Ezekiel around. And he walked him around and he fully realized where he was. And he said, can these bones live again? Here's the part. See, here's the part where I'm talking about not just being filled, but letting God work through us. So I answered, oh Lord, you know. And then again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord thy God, these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter in you and you shall live. And I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath into you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So he is telling Ezekiel, can these bones live again? He's like, I don't know. It's up to you, God. And God is saying, I want you to speak life into him. And so he speaks life into him. And these bones start to begin to get muscles and tissues and flesh. And they stand upright. And God is telling you this morning, there are some dead spots in your life. And God wants you to speak life into them. I want you to prophesy over your own situation. So many times we want to come to God. And that's great. Because people have gifts and talents. And they can speak words over your lives. And they can speak encouraging things. But sometimes we got to prophesy over our own lives. We have to take responsibility of the situations that we are in. And look and realize the situation that we're in. And go, you know what? I don't want this to be a dead spot in my life no more. I don't want to struggle with these issues in my life no more. I'm going to prophesy. I'm going to speak life because I know all things through Jesus Christ I can do. That God doesn't want me just to have life. He wants me to have life more abundantly. And God doesn't want me to walk around in a valley of dry bones. He wants me to walk around in liberty and life and freedom. Amen? But you got to take the reins this morning. You have to seize the opportunity. But see, it didn't even, it, 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 it didn't stop there because it's just the point of praying, God, make these bones live again. There was a second prophecy that I had to prophesy over. And I'm just going to paraphrase it. Then the Lord told Ezekiel, that's great and fine and dandy. They're up. They've got flesh and bone. There's substance to them. But he's saying, now I want you to prophesy breath into them. I want you to prophesy breath into them. And so many times we settle for the latter. Well, God did something. Praise God, look, he made them all whole again. And then they're just a bunch of men standing there. And then we go, praise God, he did something, yay. And then we walk away and we go to the next situation. No, 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 no. I don't, really want, I don't want to just raise something up into your life. I don't want to just raise this up into your life. I want it to have life and action and move. Because I want it to do something. I want it to have substance. Amen. And that's what God is calling us out today. The, to, to prophesy that breath of life into those areas into our life. To go into those places in the past. Where you have been hurt so deeply. Because 
you know, it, it, it talks, it, it, it emphasized so much that they weren't just bones. I mean, a bone is dry. A bone has no life. But it said, I mean, these are dry bones. I mean, brittle. Like, if you touch them, they're going to fall apart. That there is no hope for this situation. And God wants to move into those areas in your life where there is no hope for this situation. I can't get over this. I can't get over the spirit of fear that has captured me. I can't get over the spirit of loneliness that taunts me every time I go to bed at night. I can't get over this spirit of addiction. There's no way. If I touch it, it dissolves. There's, there's, there's no substance to it. And God is saying, I want you to look past the circumstances. I want you to look past that they're dry and know that I am God and I can do all things in your life I'm going to have the worship team come back up God wants to breathe on you this morning God wants to breathe in the dry parts in your life this morning amen I'm telling you God wants to do something in your life see it was Acts chapter 2 where the disciples learned about living abundantly See, they walked with Jesus and they did things. They performed miracles, but they always had Jesus by their side. They always had the master close by. They were in a great place. But Acts chapter 2 changed everything. See, they were like that stick. They were full. They were full of God's presence. They knew everything. They knew everything they needed to know and what to do. Jesus taught these guys. He walked with them for three years side by side. They had the knowledge. They had the experience. Just like that bubble stick, they were full. They had it. They were ready. They were living life. But they had no idea what it meant to live a life more abundantly. Because when Jesus left, he says, what did he tell them? You're going to do these things, and you're going to do things greater more abundant. Who wants that this morning? More abundant. And it said in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. Woo! I see a bunch of people in this room in one accord in one place. Somebody's getting it. Somebody's getting it this morning. See, we are all in one accord in one place. So far, we're one for one. And then it said, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. What? Rushing like a mighty wind, just like that bubble stick. And that wind came through, and it went through the disciples. And they started to live a life more abundantly because they felt a power and a presence that they have never, ever felt before. And on that day, holy cow, talk about living abundantly. Peter got so full of the Spirit, he got up on the roof, and he preached the Lord, and 3,000 people got saved, amen? And this day, I see a room full of people who have dry spots in their life, that are in one mind and one accord, and God is saying, I want a mighty rushing wind to go through your life this morning, amen? I want to make the dead spots rise up. I want you to live a life, and a life more abundantly this morning, amen? Who's ready to receive? If that is you this morning, let's go. Full on praise and worship. I'm ready to enter in. I'm ready to get 
in the spot where the wind is, amen, I'm ready to receive what God has for me. If that is you this morning, come up to this altar. We're going to lay hands on you, and God's going to do something in your life, amen.